This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. For this um, opportunity and privilege to bring our Christmas reflection to us, um, it's deeply, um, it's a great privilege and I'd like to thank you, Daddy, for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Our reflection today is on God with us. Reflection today is on God with us. Sometimes I do think that in the celebration of all that Christmas is, some things sometimes get lost and sometimes the true meaning of, of things sometimes um, gets completely not fully appreciated because there are so many things that Christmas brings for many people. If you're lucky or unlucky to be born on uh, Christmas Day, um, it is possible that your birthday can get lost in the, in the, in the big birthday, if you get what I mean. So, um, when I woke up this morning, there was noise downstairs, and um, the children were opening the Christmas gifts. Um, uh, after Santa had done what he did overnight. <laughs> Amen. The carrots had been eaten, the milk was gone, the reindeers were far away back in the North Pole. Amen. And... Um, got downstairs in the excitement and shouted, um, Merry Christmas. My second daughter, Chinonye, looked at me and said, and? I said, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank God I have a daughter that does not want, that insists that on Christmas Day, which is her birthday, that it doesn't get lost in somebody else's birthday, however big that person is. <laughs> Amen. And I think sometimes the true meaning of Christmas can get lost in all of the big celebrations that we do. And we read today in Matthew chapter 1, where it talks about that he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. And sometimes I think that that's the import of that statement is not fully dawned on us. That God is with us. Imagine if you had grown up with a little boy, you played football together with him, went to nursery school together, went to Sunday school together for the little kids, and then this boy, in his teenage years or his 20s, is in the tabernacle, or the synagogue rather, and starts to proclaim that he is God. It is sometimes easy to not appreciate the big hurdle that the Jews had to climb over To come to terms with the reality that this was indeed God with us. 
And so in John chapter 10, from verse 30 to 33, a very interesting conversation took place. And the people wanted to stone Jesus. In John chapter 10, verse 30, it says, Jesus speaking, it says, I and my father are one. Verse 31, it says, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works have I done Have I shown you from my father? For which of those works do you stone me? Verse 33. The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that you, being a man, make yourself God. And it is easy to look at them and say, What a blasphemous love. But this was a huge hurdle. For people that were contemporaries of Jesus. When Jesus says a prophet has no honor in his hometown, it is in going with that theme. And I think God also possibly understood the difficulty that not just the Jews, but quite possibly all of humanity would have down through the ages. And so when the prophet Isaiah was going to talk about the advent of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53... He didn't start by talking about that he shall be God, that he shall do miracles, he shall um, walk on water, he shall feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1, he starts, and that's a very, Isaiah is probably the most, well, not the most, but one of the most quoted um, prophets that Jesus quoted. Very, very um, um, deep insights into the, 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 what was going to happen with the Messiah. And Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus. But it starts in verse 1 by asking a question. Who has believed our report? Who would believe that God will come and dwell with man in human flesh? That God will believe man? And so before he even talks about he was going to um, suffer, he was going to be keep bruised of men, and then um, his seed shall be accounted for a generation. He will rise again after that. His visage shall be murdered on the, on the cross. He asks the most critical question. Who has believed our report? And I believe that that is the most critical thing that we have to struggle with. That God actually came down and dwelt in human flesh. And there are not just biblical sources that talk about the advent of God with man. I like to quote from the first century Jewish Jewish historian Flavius Josephus in his book, The Antiquities of the Jews. Um, Flavius Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews, book 18, chapter 3, comma 3. And this is what Flavius Josephus said of Jesus Christ. Um, He was a Jew who was in in Rome, um, a contemporary of the times of Jesus, of of what happened around that time. He was a first century historian. He says, about this time, there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man. I read that again. About this time, there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed 
one ought to call him a man. Now, this was um, not a, a Christian um, at all. So he had no, as they say, no, no dog in this fight, no horse in this race. So if uh, a person that had no reason to, to, um, to twist the, 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 the history can look at the account of Jesus and say, we're not sure we should actually say this was a man. I know I've called him a wise man, but we're not sure we can say this is a man. It tells us that when the scripture talks about that this was God with us, it's something that we should hold so dearly. And Jesus made a promise before he was going to leave. That he was going to always be with his disciples. Matthew chapter 28, I read verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, I read from verse 18 to 20. But because of time, I'll just read verse 20. This is Jesus speaking. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you. How many times? I'm with you how many times? Always, even unto the end of the world. It's important to know that God is always with us. Do you struggle with that concept that God is with you? You're not alone. The one that God says that was a man after my own heart, David, struggled with that concept also. In Psalm 139, verses 5 to 10. In fact, David made a statement. He says, such knowledge is too high for me. And that is the knowledge of the omnipresence of God. That God is always with us. He said, such knowledge is too high for me. Psalm 139, verses 5 to 10. I read verse 5. It says, thou has beset me behind and before and laid my hand upon me. That's you are in front of me, you're behind me, and your hand is on top of me. Verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. So you're not alone if you struggle to understand that God is always with you, even when you're walking through the valley. It says in verse 7, Whither shall I go from your spirit? Or whither shall I flee from your presence? Verse 8, If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. So when everything is, as they say, honky-dory, and you're walking on cloud nine, when you are in heaven, your life is like you're in heaven. God is there with you. It says, If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So that time when you've lost a loved one, you've lost your job, things are horrible. When it is like you're going through hell and high water, guess what? God is still there. That's why David says such knowledge is too high for me. I cannot attain it. It says, if I take the wings of the morning, verse 9, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, Shall your hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. God with us is more than just a cliche. 
regardless of what you're going through, God is with you. I close with this challenge. And it is the challenge of Jacob. And Jacob is symptomatic of you and I. Because he is symptomatic of the crooked one who would lie, who would steal, who would take what is not his, and yet is still loved of the father. Jacob is symptomatic of you and I, a type and shadow of you and I. And in his pain and in his struggles, he had this challenge of understanding that God was with him. I read in closing Genesis chapter 28 verse 16. Genesis 28 verse 16. It says, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And my challenge to you as we celebrate Christmas is would you be like Jacob who God is with him. And he doesn't know it. All he's seen is his troubles. All he's seen is the water that is making him sink. Or would you be like Peter that will put your eye on Jesus so that you can walk on water in the midst of your challenge? Would you see the waves like Peter did? Or would you see the Jesus that is telling you to walk on the water? Would you realize in the midst of your hell that Jesus is with you? Such knowledge may be too high for you. You don't have to understand it. But like David, you have to accept it by faith that he is our Emmanuel, God with us. Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, we thank you for Sending your son to die on the cross for us and for the eternal promise that you would always be with us. Such knowledge may be too high for our finite minds to grasp, but we accept it by faith. And we live in this reality that you are our Emmanuel. No matter whether we walk through hell or high water, you are with us. May your name be praised and exalted as we live in this reality. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.